Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mile a Minute Movie Talk. This is your host, Diligent Picks, along with my co-host, Lucas. Hello. Of, of Laguerre Films. How's everybody doing? We went on quite a long break. We apologize. We decided yeah. to take vacations at exactly uh, opposite times. <laughs> yeah, I think we came. Yeah, we came back, and then it's been like another month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we we've been having a hard time uh scheduling our podcast and but we're excited to uh we have a lot to talk about so we're definitely excited to share what we've been watching. Um uh, we're going to have to uh schedule out some more of these real soon, but for now, um some of the big topics uh some more recent films that we both have seen that we're excited about include the new Spider-Man Into the... Ooh, wait. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My apologies. <laughs> as well as a little film by the name of Sanctuary, which... Yes. Uh, if you don't know about it, you will learn about it. <laughs> um, but, yes. So, what should we start off with, Lucas? What are um, you in the mood for? I, I feel like Spider-Verse, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, take it away. I have so much... I can say, but I've honestly haven't talked about this movie too, too much in depth yet. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously the sequel to Into the Spider Verse, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and then this was Across the Spider Verse. Um, it's been, I think the other one came out in what twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah. So twenty eighteen. It's been about five years, four years, five years, and so. It was definitely an interesting day. Like, where can you take that story? Obviously, it has to go in the multiverse direction. But it was definitely, I think, everything that you wanted from it in a film as a sequel to that one. It definitely does a lot that you don't think would happen or stuff that you weren't expecting, which I really liked. Um, I didn't know which way the story was going to go. So it was definitely very interesting how they were doing it, who's going to be the villain, all this stuff. And so that's that's definitely what kind of like really made it for me is like there's all this mystery about what's going to happen and they kind of spend like the first third of the movie dealing with miles and his universe and all his stuff like catching us up on what happened and like his family and all that and that's cool and then you kind of get into everything else and like okay so it's like it was well paced but the act structure is like pretty long for the first two acts which i kind of like too you're kind of like kind of have a lot of stuff going on but it's not like too long and that's kind of why i think they split split it in the two movies instead of one but also it feels better as a trilogy in general i think mm. yeah it was um you know we didn't see this together so uh yes yeah we did not i you know when the long time diligent pick viewers may recall that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was my number one film of 2018 <laughs> and i've been touting its praises for the past five years because I found that film to be just incredible. Um, and, it, you know, I was so stoked when it won Best Picture. It's really rare yes. for... A to win pic- Best Animated Feature. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, no. best, best Picture of the Animated. And, um, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's very rare for a non-Pixar Disney movie to win that award. Mm-hmm. So that was just really cool. And... Um, I think it's just one of those movies that has become such, like, in the last decade, it's referenced all the time in terms of its impact, not only in the animation industry, but you can also look at it in the, like, the way just superhero films are going with the multiverse. Like, it kind Mm -hmm. of really kicked off, like, this trend of multiverse movies. It seemed like every studio out there saw this film and was like, we got to do that, but live action, you know? Yeah, it kind of helped elevate american animation storytelling a little bit um and not always making everything that it has to be like a geared specifically towards kids for kids there can be like more like mature i guess not in like you know like all you know whatever type of mature i mean just like a more like well made drama of some sorts and i feel like obviously superhero movies kind of having a decent story structure they're like kind of mirroring that in there and a lot of that doesn't really get noticed by like award shows or just like the public i mean obviously they critically do well but a lot of these don't do financially well or even uh like 
get that much notoriety, the more like all ages kind of animation. And so it's definitely been better since that came out and kind of like, oh, not everything has to be like very like kid kid oriented in American animation as much for like the popular wide theatrical release ones. And so it definitely helped kind of show that there is a lot that you can do in that in America where obviously you can do that. They just never do it as a studio executives and trying to open the studio executive eyes and to do what a lot of every other country does with their animation style and just have like a, just a really fun story uh, that yeah. like all can enjoy. And, you know, yeah, I think what, what I find so cool is that like when that came out, it, it wasn't the biggest box office um, success, but it, it, it you know, did mm-hmm. well. Yes. Um, but now we're seeing this new film just do exceptionally well at the box office. It's been praised, you know, even better than the first film. It it just retook the number one spot at the box office with the Flash just bombing to yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but the other side of the superhero coin. Yeah, but the other aspect here too, going back to what you were saying about the anime, you know, more mature animation. Yeah, it, you know. It's interesting how you can have a movie like this be the number one film, and then you have a new Disney Pixar animated film, Elemental, that just came out, and that is also underperforming and not doing well. And there seems to be a case made against certain films like that that are a little bit more family-friendly oriented, that Disney kind of shot themselves in the foot during the pandemic and kind of trained their subscribers on disney plus to expect these movies to be like same day release or to not to not even go to theaters it was like three straight pixar movies that didn't even get a theatrical run or or were also on streaming during that theatrical run and so now they're having they're seeing the repercussion of that come into play with the box office revenue that they're getting here Mm -hmm. and so you know it's just interesting that you can have two big animated films that are both likely going to be, you know, in best, best anime feature nominees. Um, but one is doing exceptionally better than the other just all around, you know? Yeah. And in the level of interest, like I've heard no one share hardly any real enthusiasm for this new Pixar film. I thought on paper, I liked the idea, I liked the, the idea of elements and I thought the animation looked like a nice change of pace for Pixar. But I haven't seen it, and I just don't have this strong interest to to go out and see it. Um, But anyway, back to Spider-Verse for a sec. Um, So this new film, yeah, you're saying the, you know, I think what, what I really did enjoy too was as much as it does have the same animation style, it does feel like a step up in a lot of ways too. There are certain scenes in this film that just, blow you away the animation Mm. is so fast there's so much energy there's so many things for your eyes to see your eyes get a workout from this film like yeah it is yeah it is really just like the just immense like meticulous creation of like a frame by frame art piece put into this like two and a half hour film like the different art styles the different just framing how it looks, very taking from its source material, different periods that they're focusing on, different things that they're specifically going for to give the viewer a different view on certain scenes, uh, different emotions, different lighting, different coloring. It's just like everything is meticulously painted. So each scene is like an art piece, at least. And like how they do the people from different periods, obviously like the first one that you run into villain-wise has a very interesting look because of where they're from uh just the very encompassing like epic shots of certain chase scenes um certain things happening areas are like very like built out and like the backgrounds are just insane and they're not what you're looking at and it's just everything from front to back up and down the whole frame everything is just like perfectly meticulously animated and just like how they focused and why they spent so much time doing these movies is just how they animated it. Obviously it's just so 
just an upper echelon compared to anything that we've seen in like American animation for like how they do it in at least in a modern way in the like 21st century like for this you know the new tech and it's just way just blows so much things out of the water and like 2018 version of this movie the uh into the spider-verse was so good but like this is just like even a different level than that and that was like one of the greatest like animated american uh films and i mean honestly this one's obviously one of like the not to give it too much praise but it's like very visually just visually alone it's one of the best like looking animated films that has like been ever put to work in my opinion there's just so much going on and you can rewatch it multiple times just to have different experiences different things you notice and it's just so vibrant and striking and engaging like the way that the film draws you into certain scenes and how you look at those scenes and then you go to the next one and it's a completely different way that they're approaching you. And then you have to approach that scene differently visually. You're analyzing different things and it just looks amazing. And it keeps you engaged into what you're seeing as well as the story even more. Because you're kind of like figuring out cell by cell while you look at that screen what is going on. Just what's over here. Oh, I love how they have those little comic things that pop up, like the comic like details that they have. Like, oh, this is what this means. And just like all this crazy stuff that's going on in each frame is just insane. And it's so just awesome to look at. Yeah. And I, uh, I, that's definitely, I a hundred percent agree. It like, you know, when I, when I really seek out an animated film, like I'm always just truly drawn to the animation style. That's what, that's what I, value kind of the most and if if the if i if it's aesthetically pleasing if i if i like what i'm looking at that really does add a lot to my opinion of the overall production of the film and just the film itself like it 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 drives my opinion way up if i'm like this is just insanely like gorgeous or amazing to watch um and yeah it 100 percent steps steps it up another level from the from the first film and it's just crazy to me because um it's really it hasn't been that long and uh i guess I, to at this point i'm just I'm, I'm still just amazed how like animation just looks so insanely good across you know every medium of it mm-hmm. nowadays you know we've seen insanely good looking stop motion we've seen you know rotoscope we've seen hand drawn We've seen CGI. We've seen everything now, right? Yeah. And it, I, I'm just, I can't fathom how they can continue to make it look even better than it is. Like, I, like on what point do our, are our eyes going to need some kind of upgrade to be able to see everything? Like, because, yeah. like, am I going to have to get LASIK surgery soon? Because if I need to, to get a little, you know, human power up some kind of thing just to make sure I can catch every little thing. I'm willing to do that because, <laughs> you know, it's just getting, it's amazing. I, um, yeah, that that's just where I'm stuck at right now is like, how do we continue to top it? Like, is that even yeah. possible? The, the tech is definitely like advancing and like, obviously like Pixar is really good in like doing their 3D stuff. And like, there's some crazy advancements in that, like how they like single look like certain things and like Toy Story, like the hairs or like individual fibers is like insane. But I feel like this, yeah, this is just like something I feel like a little bit different just because of the style is a little bit more unique. Yeah. Um, but also the story is just really well done, whereas like mm-hmm. Pixar has been falling flat lately. It's like definitely more engaging, um, as you can see in the box office between the current Pixar movie and the <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Spider-Verse. Um, but yeah, Spider-Verse is at like 600 million or something like that right now, which is insane. Um. I mean, Puss in Boots did great earlier this year. It's a good year for like well animated uh, movies. This is gonna um, be. This is probably gonna go down in history as one of the best um, years for animated films. I think because we we not only have these, yeah, like all the major studios are putting out, you know, some of their best work, but then you have the international side. You have mm-hmm. Hayao Miyazaki's final quote unquote film. Film, yeah, uh, coming out in july and then you have makoto shinkai's film suzume which came out earlier this year so you mm-hmm. you know it's just gonna be like one of the best years for animated yeah. films it's very uh, like a global like all the powerhouses are kind of kicking off at once and 
they're all releasing films this year and around this time. And so you have like really good stuff coming out right now. And it's like a great year, as you said, for like animation, just because some of the greatest minds in animation current day and even in history are like putting stuff out. Yeah. And just to add on what you said about the story, like that's the other thing. It's like, we're, we're mostly praising the animation, but it has everything. Like it has great mm. characters. It has great storytelling. Like even, even the slower parts of the film when there's just some real like character drama are extremely well done. And, and, yeah. you know, like really caught my attention. Like a lot of the scenes, just the quieter scenes with uh, Miles and his mom or, or yeah. you know, like trying to figure out these family issues that he's having, you know, just growing up, he's a teenager. He's Spider-Man and a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, like, I think the the one thing I, f- I find the most interesting about this film, um, aside from, like, if I'm just, if I'm taking the film, like, if I'm taking out the box office and the actual quality of the film as a whole, I, I find it really interesting how the, the inception of this film came to be. In the beginning, it was the planning was okay. This is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, or, or you know, Spider-Verse movie part one, and we. So some of us, like myself, have been following that, knowing that this entire time mm-hmm. this is going to be like a part one of a trilogy of films. Yeah, but, that's what I heard as well. <laughs> right, and then at some point during this whole craziness of production they decided they're going to officially give official titles to both the second and the third film so Mm -hmm. of course once they decided to do that then marketing came out and everyone assumed that this was maybe just a second movie no one really knew this was one a part one or leading into a trilogy so you know not to spoil anything but there is you know if you go on rotten tomatoes they will say this on the consensus but there is a cliffhanger and yes it's a it's a cliffhanger that I think bothered a lot of people because they were not expecting it uh, to end where it ended. You know, it definitely goes that route of like we're setting up for something really big and really special. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like that third act at the end is very reeling you through the motions of setting that up and it's not like elongating the message that you kind of already know it's kind of dramatically setting up all the pieces that lead to what is going to be established in the third movie um and yeah going back to the to the just writing yeah all the drama and all the all the dialogue is very like human feels real and it's like well done you're like really drawn into these scenes between a lot of parental uh scenes with their kids that are like talking about different things with different characters um specifically miles and his parents and gwen and her dad those are some of them you get more of like gwen's story as well and what's gwen been up to and this whole like other universe kind of explodes in itself of like oh all this stuff is going on and you're learning about this and it's just like really like well paced in how they introduce everything and how they're kind of unraveling all of this other stuff that has been going on for the last year in this universe. And it's like really cool. And like how they go through it, how they communicate with each other and how they like kind of like built this society upon it. What has happened from the result of the first movies, uh, cosmic events as we could say. And so I really, it just kind of is very much like one of those films where you just want to know more and more and more. And so they're just giving you a lot of that in a well paced and timed manner that kind of just reels you along slowly and you're just figuring everything out and start piecing stuff together. And you're trying to figure out why this character is being like this, what's this character stuff. And it's very well done in leading one incident into the next incident and pattering putting them in a pattern in a way building up to what is eventually the lead into the third movie. And it's just well planned out and well pieced. Um, and if there's any like things that like might not make sense or whatever, they kind of like don't detract from that story as all in that much of a sense, unless you're really trying to be nitpicky. Um, Cause the story in itself is just like pretty well done and you're just engaged in that the whole time. 
And that's like the best part of it is just all these set pieces and all these characters going through the waves to set up what is going to happen at the end. And it's just like very like built upon going up this mountain to like this climax at the end almost. Mm-hmm. And I do think this, it'll be really interesting when we look back after we've seen uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse when mm-hmm. that comes out. It'll be really interesting to look back and watch this film again or to just just to like analyze it further and say, oh, okay, like now like this, you know, just to see how it um, it all ties together. Right. Because that's that's always the, the issue with the like the middle movie is until you've seen the full picture, you know, you, you don't have a full understanding of what they were doing. And, you know, because like if you take the example of a great trilogy versus a not so great trilogy you mm-hmm. see the middle film is either kind of like it's going to make or break things, right? It's going to change things too much in a bad direction or it's going to change things in a good direction um, and it's all going to connect or it's not. And um, I just think what was what's also intriguing to me is, you know, this one, we had to wait five years for this film, mm-hmm. but if I recall when I looked up the next one is coming out in March of next year. Yes. So, yeah. so, so in that, knowing that I almost feel like they are, have been planning them and working on them both simultaneously, perhaps. Yeah. And, Cause that's the only thing that would make sense is if they were planning this as like one movie and then it became two. So then they just worked on it as like one giant movie and yeah. cut and did the first one though. This one did get delayed. So there's a, good chance that the other one might get delayed as well <laughs> oh well and then there's the you know if it if, like let's assume it stays where it is yeah if it's slated for march 2024 that does make me also think that like when we think of the the quality of the animation i don't think there's going to be a big jump in that regard mm-hmm. but i do think they they're probably saving their biggest guns if you know what i mean like they're like as yeah. as amazing as those uh, many of those sequences were in this film, I'm sure they're like saving like the best thing for last. You yeah, know? they have they, to be. Yeah, so it's gonna be really cool to see what they do. Um, but yeah, I and like you were saying, kind of in the beginning, like I, it's hard not to say it's like one of the best animated films of all time. I, I think it's yeah. easy. To, it's easy to like to look at it on paper and say that it is, but I do think I'm just going to need, I'm going to need to see it again. You know, I'm going to need to process it some more. I'm need to see it at home. Mm-hmm. And it, cause it's just, I think my brain is still wrapping my head around this movie. Like the fact yeah. that it's even made, like, it's like, yeah. holy crap. So that's kind of where I stand on it. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, definitely read around the same area. It's just, it's very much something you have to see. There's not too much justice you can do talking about it. It's very much, you have to watch the first one, watch the second one, and just see what it is. Because it's definitely the upper echelon of just animated filmmaking. It is like everything that you desire. And it's just so, just, just so speechless. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much, very much is challenging the whole industry to go towards and push those limits. Whereas we've, thought in the past we've gotten to that point it just keeps blows it all away and it's just insane how well it is done and that's exactly that's the thing though the first film did those same exact things it challenged the industry and it and they did all follow that film it's like every time a new multiverse movie comes out i just kind of my first reaction is like oh okay now they're doing the spider-verse thing like Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my first thought it doesn't even it's not even like oh it's a multiverse movie it's like okay so it's it, they're making it a, like a spider verse movie like it's just, i don't yeah. know you know it's like it's one of those movies that's constantly referenced now in pop culture because we just we like you can never shake that first film's impact yeah exactly at least in the past five years we'll see <laughs> 15 years if we're still talking about it this way but yeah yeah definitely definitely a turning point in american like animation and especially like studios approach towards it mm-hmm for sure. Well, we could probably go on and on about that one, but yes, we only have so much time and so many <laughs> movies. There are so so many movies, so little time, as yes. as we all know. 
Um, this next movie that we want to talk about is a very, very different movie. Very different. Uh, very different than Spider Verse. Um, I don't even think it's in theaters anymore. Unless there's, <laughs> it's in, it's in very select theaters. It's in very select theaters. Uh, yes. We happen and if to you catch... live in a big city, it's probably near you, and that's about it. <laughs> we happen to catch one of the very last showings at uh, our local theater where Lucas works. Yes, and um, we had a really good time with it. I will say, if I is that is that okay to say for both of us? Uh, yes, had a yes, time. we had a very good time separately watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it together, but we. <laughs> We, we, yeah, so that's the difference here between this and Spider-Verse is we saw this one together. Yes. Um, but, uh, this one, I had no idea what I was getting into, so to say. Okay, that's not true. I did I watch... read, like, the description, and I didn't see the trailer in a while. But yes. I hadn't seen, I hadn't read the description in, like, a month, so I kept getting, like, the idea wrong of what it was. I did watch Chris Stuckman's review. And that's really the only insight in this film I had. Um, yes. So I was somewhat prepared. Would you like to do the honors of uh, going over what this film's about? <laughs> yeah, so Sanctuary 2022, but released in 2023, um, <laughs> was and is a film about a father who passes away, who runs a hotel chain. And you follow Hal, who's played by Christopher Abbott, uh, trying to end his long-term relationship he has with a dominatrix um, that's named Rebecca, played by Margaret Qualley, of, uh, we could say, Maid and What's Upon a Time in Hollywood fame. Also, Christopher Abbott, really good indie actor for the last 10 years, still doing indie, but some My crazy films. Yes, yeah, he was in Possessor. Possessor, James White... He was in the show Girls. He was in a, his first like feature film was Martha Marley something and Marlene. Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yes, uh, he was in <laughs> It Comes at Night. Is probably his biggest film he's been in, uh, theatrically wise. But yeah, he's been around and he was really great in this movie. Um, and so he plays as, the son of yeah. The he plays father. the son who's now inheriting that hotel chain, um, and so. That's the plot is he's inheriting this hotel chain. He's like, okay, well, I shouldn't, you know, have this going on. Kind of got to end it and go on with my life. And she's like, no. After <laughs> she kind of like realizes what he's doing, gives her some parting gifts after a session. And she's good in the elevator. And she's like, wait a minute. And she goes back in. And she's like, I need more from you. And then it's kind of becomes this, as Stuckman said, and as it is, a chamber piece, kind of like rope, to bring up a really older film, 1940s, with uh, Hitchcock directing. Um, and it's one of those set-in-one-place kind of movies, 12 Angry Men style. And they're in this like really nice hotel room, and they're going back and forth over... He's trying to, like, what do you want? And she's like, well, I want this. And he's like, that's ridiculous. And she's like, oh, yeah? She's, like, trying to find collateral for, like, trying to get to the terms that she wants. But it feels like both of them are kind of walking around and tiptoeing around the actual thing that they both want from whatever is going on. And they're keeping back their true desires and putting on this facade. And so that's kind of like the whole film is this, like, combatants of them. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's one of those movies where you're. It, it, it's a mix of several things. It's mm. it feels partly, partly you know like black comedy, dark mm. humor, partly uh, thriller, uh, mystery yeah. maybe even a little yeah. bit. Very um, like a dark rom com. Yeah, dark comedy rom com. <laughs> and I do think yeah, I do think it's one of those movies that when you rewatch it, it'll become even funnier knowing yeah. knowing knowing how it all turns out. Yes. Um, yeah. But but it is one of those things where um, you're constantly wondering w who is telling the truth and um, what their true intentions are, and yeah. because of that, that's what makes the film so engaging and and interesting and thought provoking. Is you're following two people. One, you're not really sure if you like either of them because they both yeah. have they both have their um, let's just say questionable characteristics yeah. um, very very flawed characters and who they yes. are and just how they present themselves in the film and so you're kind of like who am i siding with in this 
Yes. But because the performances are so strong mm-hmm. and the actual characters themselves are so interesting because of those performances, the way they conveyed them, especially Margaret Qualley Quayley. Yes. She, she was just enigmatic on screen. Like every, like I was just waiting for anything she was going to do. Cause it was like, I, like that character, even the way the, the, the shots of her in particular moments of the film, you, they do these things where they do these like intense close-ups, either of her face or her eyes and you hear this weird, like, suspenseful music rise. It's like every time she gets an idea, or every time mm-hmm. she plans, every time she's like trying to think her way out of a, a moment, um, it happens. And you, it's like as the film goes on, and that becomes a reoccurring factor. You essentially become, you start to like almost get a little anxious because it's like it becomes such a like, okay, what is she going to do next sort of situation? Yeah. Um, and, but that keeps the film so interesting and, and enticing. And the, the, here's the other thing. It's pacing is so great. It's such a short film. It's only like an hour and 36 minutes. Yeah. Um, that by the time it's over, you're like, damn, like uh, you, you either want more or you're exhausted. Cause it's, yeah, it's definitely like the ending, like comes straight at you like an anvil from a building. It just, plants as it all like comes together and like oh okay this is what i was kind of understanding from the third act and it's finally like how is it they going to get from this point to this point you could kind of feel that that's what you wanted but was he actually going to go that way and all this uh but yeah there's some great scenes in between there the film for what its content is isn't very visually promiscuous but it's very verbally um Mm. oh very sexual uh but you don't really see anything uh, which mm. is the thing um at least nudity wise and stuff but uh there's some great scenes uh one where she says she has a hidden camera and he tears apart the apartment while she's dancing to music uh Marjorie Quayley really does like command the screen just exceptionally in this film and she's like very steps into a role where she can like kind of spread her wings and very much be kind of super weird and quirky while also being like very commanding and uh assertive and what her intentions are, even though they're not really clear, but she's saying what she wants in those scenes. And so it's like really, really uh, kind of just really interesting side that you haven't really seen her play as much uh, because she just hasn't really had a leading role as much in like a film yet. Uh, she has in show, but like, this is really like her first, like being in a role that has all these very interesting pieces that they're putting together in like who her background is or what her background is and who she is in the film and that's what's really interesting is just like she's very much like a kind of parody of a femme fatale but like because that's what she kind of presents herself as like oh this is what i want and this is what i'm gonna get and i'm beautiful and all this stuff and i'm very very striking and very like assertive and then she kind of adds layers to that. And that's what's really makes her like change throughout the film and kind of carry the scene to scene is like what her actions and intentions that eventually get unraveled are. Yeah. Since she essentially has this hold on uh, Hal, Chris Rabbit's mm-hmm. character, like he does a great job of playing that person who is just like, he he essentially gets trapped in this situation and doesn't know how to get about get out of it. You know, he sees himself um, freaking out about that hidden camera, like you were mm-hmm. saying, and, and essentially, you know, questioning whether she's telling the truth or not. And there's a great back and forth on whether it's, there is one or there isn't. Yeah. And um, he does a great job of being that helpless guy. And yeah, um, but she does such an amazing job of just of of never giving in to the situation, always putting more pressure on him to, you know, cut her a deal or to, to get her, to get her what she wants. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and then the, what the, but I think the key thing about this film is like, you can watch it and you can enjoy it. There's a lot of these films out there where you're, you're, you're into it and you're, you're trying to see where it's going. And then the, the payoff is just not quite there. 
Yes, this, exactly. This is one of those movies though where the payoff is there and you you know like once once it's all once it, it the movie makes it very clear by the end of the film what the what the, what was actually happening what the intentions are and it I think we we both agree that it just had like the perfect ending for the story that they were trying to tell. Yeah, exactly. It's like its ending is very much like ends in a way that you're like, oh, I love this because it ends like not a slap in the face because that'd probably be like the worst thing uh, for this film was to just kind of be like, haha, F you <laughs> kind of to the <laughs> audience. Um, and um, instead they actually like have something that's very like, oh, you're like, oh, I'm kind of happy about this. So you're like, I, oh, this is like very good for these characters that I've seen go on for like the last whatever. And so now you're kind of get that payoff it actually has a payoff for like a film like this whereas a lot of these kind of indie films sometimes fall flat on theirs because they try to be too out there too experimental or whatever and um they very much feels like you're watching a play that Mm. ends in a great way because that's kind of how it presents itself like not like a tragedy but more as like a romance a spin on kind of like those melodramatic romances from like the 50s and all this stuff and kind of getting these characters to be with each other instead of ending in a tragedy of some sorts and it very much fills that uh checklist it, like you're like you're happy they got to that point and it made sense for that point and you kind of felt that from those characters the whole time that's kind of what they wanted but they were trying to allure the other one and trying to offset the other one and trying to outplay the other one because that's kind of like the dynamic of their relationship is that there's the dom and the sub and now it's kind of like well i'm don't want this well but i've been in control this whole time so we're kind of gonna have to find our way to get to this point and how we want to reinvent uh this relationship for the outside world essentially they're trying to come out of that room together uh at a point you start feeling that from the characters and you're like well how are they going to present themselves how are they going to change this dynamic or reinvent it in a way that can be presentable of them in the real world yeah like that sort of ends up being the ultimate um like like uh i don't know if i'd say goal but that like that ends up being like the purpose of the of their situation is like mm-hmm. they realize that i think they both do realize that yeah there's simply... a there's a scene where she's like the only time I've ever felt myself is when I'm in this room with you. And they're like kind of talking about the only time that they've really been who they want to be is in that room. And so how can they be themselves this is outside like the of the room? Yeah. This is this the only is... time I've been happy. I left my I'm not good husband. at anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's what else do I want in my life? This is all I want from my life. So I've been doing in here and how can we make that a reality in a way that is still uh, a way that we can live our lives how can we yeah. transfer this to our real world lives yeah and the way they handle it i just thought it was great because it was something mm-hmm. I, like that's the other aspect of it you don't see the ending coming and you don't see the outcome coming the entire movie it all makes sense it, it makes yeah. perfect sense once you know it mm-hmm. but you're but i mean speaking from just two people but you know i just feel like it's one of those movies where you're never you're not gonna be able to predict how it ends yeah, uh, and, and, you have a lot of reserves of like, are they going to actually get to this point where they're like can be together? Because you're like you've been burned so many times, um, so you're like, can they actually do this? And like, how are they going to get to that point? That's like the thing. You're like, okay, I think that they might do this, but how do they get to that point and make it an actually believable story? And that's yeah. kind of like the thing of the writing in it. It's so well done for just like being a movie of two people talking the whole time and just doing stuff to each other the whole time. Um, it definitely does that well in that they are able to get from point A to point B to point C to the end and be able to keep that dynamic between the characters as well as make it believable. Yeah. And, like, you really did feel like you were watching, like, two real people. Mm-hmm. The And you, you pointed out the, like... Um, I'm not sure if you said it this way, but I know when we talked about it afterward... We talked about how it was um, almost came off as a stage play. Like it has. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It 
felt like you were kind of watching like a three act play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really appreciate that. I've seen, I've seen similar examples of that in other films where like the actual director or the screenwriter was, um, a playwright. So, yes, like that, yeah. so like you see, you, you can visually see the influence of their, of their craft and, you know, the, of their expertise on screen in the way that, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the film's directed or, you know, the cinematography, how it all lends to that. And you definitely get that vibe here. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean, the score was also really nice, really good. Like, um, you had a good way of describing it, like kind of, is it you felt like do you feel like it was kind of noir in a sense or just yeah it had like a it kind of had like those later noir films that kind of are like riffing on early noir the seriousness of it and kind of have like a more playful tone to it and it was kind of like that playful jazz whereas like it's kind of like almost parodying the early like seriousness of the like black noir uh film and where uh in kind of giving a little bit of like twang and like a little bit of more like playfulness to it where it's kind of like enveloping the scene in a way that kind of like it's kind of like a little goofy like exclamation point or question mark at the end you know you're kind of like you're like oh Mm -hmm. this is kind of fun and it's like it makes it more of like a fun scene because it's kind of searing you in the way of not taking it the wrong way and so that's what really i liked about the score was that it's not like a demanding score either it's very like low-key like classic like 50s 40s style like noir but like it has a very much playfulness to it that like really complements the scene in a great way and it kind of finished that off certain scenes where you can start to hear more and like oh yeah this is exactly what fits this point it's kind of like making my emotions get to the point where i where, where I want them, you know, it's like they're right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think overall, the, like just you know, like the one thing that continues to fascinate me, one of the things that I love the most about movies is that you know, it, there's no there's no one way to make a good movie, and like you know, there's so many because there's so many different genres and points and, and ways to express something, like you can have a movie like Spider-Verse that is this like grand epic scale type of thing. And then you can have like a smaller movie like this that, but you can still say similar things about like, you know, it was amazingly well shot or whatever, you know, but, yeah. but, but the way, the way it, it, it's interesting how a movie like this sets out to accomplish something. If, yeah. you know, and if it's able to accomplish that and accomplish those specific things, very well then that essentially means it's a very you know well-made film and that's like to me that's just really cool that you can just like have so many levels of what's considered to be like high quality or like the best of this specific realm of film you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and like i i haven't seen a lot of film like i can't really think of any film that i can like 100 percent compare this to other than other um uh, chamber pieces but yeah but like even comparing it to those it's not the same you know <laughs> it's just not so yeah it's it's one of those i think is is um on paper you're not sure what you're gonna get out of it and you're not sure if the plot or the you know the, the the type of people the characters whatever are for you but mm-hmm. if you give it a chance i think it's it's gonna be a surprising you know Especially the humor. It's a really smartly written film, and the humor, the humorous moments are really good. Like, it's. Yeah. uh, So. Yeah, that's definitely like the underrated part of it is just that humor lands in unconventional ways, and it it just like very much carries itself throughout. And right when you feel like something might get too ahead, there's some. They bring in something between the characters that makes it like funny or it gives like a little offbeat to like what is going on. And it just has, like, this, like, good, like, not 100% commitment to the seriousness of it. Whereas, like, one character's kind of always got, like, this kind of, like, goofy intention or something like that. There's a little bit of off-key to, like, a lot of the uh, dynamic between them, which makes it 
not get like overly uh into like a thriller type of sense um it makes it more like kind of offbeat and that's like the best part of it is like watching these player characters play off of each other and get to the point where they get to for whatever they're doing in that scene and that definitely helps yeah yeah, definitely her command over him in a lot of the scenes too is like if something's getting to her head she kind of just takes over <laughs> and kind of like she knows how he works so she can take control of what she needs to to get what she wants or tone down the uh the uh combatants of those scenes which is really nice and it very much is usually funny yeah if if you take anything out of this review, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is that Margaret Quiley is uh, the future, and this is a, this is her rise to fame. Yes, we're, yeah, we are seeing... Academy Award within the next three years. I'm predicting it. Oh yeah, easy. If she gets the I roles, one hundred percent. She's got she's got the bloodline. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be her and Maya Hawk for like the next three years, probably. <laughs> They're gonna be like the two two big female leads uh, for like a lot of these modern cinema i feel like they're gonna be in that conversation nepo babies that are kind of good actually good at their job and not there because i mean obviously they got help but but they're actually good actors actresses actresses and also they um have very interesting roles that they're taking which is nice you know uh they actually are picking roles that are good and not like some mumbo jumbo tv drama that has 50 episodes that they can just get a paycheck for so they're actually <laughs> picking fun art projects which is nice and gives us something to talk about yes because um, we are not the uh the abc good doctor uh podcast sorry about that <laughs> well you heard it here first lucas is predicting uh predicting margaret quayley margaret quayley win by 2026 there you go. If I'm wrong, you can sit me down in a theater for 24 hours and I'll watch whatever the hell I want. You guys, you or guys you want. Come, <laughs> you guys can come back and and think Mile a Minute movie talk in the future. I'm trying to recall. I mean, you, you could be honest. I mean, there's a renaissance of, uh, of you know, Nepo baby uh, winners. I'm yeah. trying to recall. Uh, we just had the actress from Everything Everywhere All at Once win. I'm blanking on her name. She, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. So yes. hey, if Jamie Lee Curtis, she's paving the way, man. We're yeah. gonna see. We're gonna Bring see back. <laughs> yes, all all uh, the kids of uh, stuff. And her mom's uh, movies in the theater. I think her mom's in Book Club too. <laughs> Who's uh, mom? Quayley's. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forget her mom's name because uh, she has her dad's last name. Yeah. Um. Okay. No, her mom is not in that, but her mom is in similar movies. Uh, <laughs> Close I don't enough. know who I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, when you're the child of two uh, two models, you're gonna gonna look nice, and you're also gonna probably be a good actress, especially because yes. her mom is Andy Andy McDowell. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, Groundhog Day, four oh, weddings right. and a funeral. Well, we have been watching a lot of stuff lately. Yes, and... we have a lot of movies that we haven't talked about, um, but we definitely have them if we want to talk about them outside of new releases, because all of them have not been, or most of them have not been new releases or that the person hasn't seen it. Maybe what we should do is actually ask our audience, which of these they want to see us talk about next. Yes. Um, so because the, we're going to have uh, I know the, deciding. <laughs> yeah. I know the three movies that we've seen together have been Mishima, a life in four chapters, paper tigers and Ricky. Oh, the story of Ricky. So um, I don't know if any, any a lot of people have heard of any of those, but <laughs> hey, if hey, if you like Survive Style Five and the other uh, and uh, Party Seven, who I talked about before, and Peach Up Man and Jerk It Pig Girls or whatever, uh, Peach Up Girls, <laughs> uh, you'll like that movie because it is crazy. It is not the same style, but it is a movie that inspired Mortal Kombat, like Mortal Kombat and such. <laughs> There you yeah. go. I'm not going to go talk anymore about it because we're not reviewing it. But if you want to hear any of those movies in a review, we have watched them both. Uh, we probably will get around to at least one or two of them, though. Um, and if we don't have too many summer blockbusters to go through. Yes. And a couple other movies, you know, we've seen Lucas had watched The Fablemans and The Whale yes. both around Oscar season, and I did not. <laughs> so I finally caught up and watched both of them. After lots of crying, I'm ready to um, digest. Uh, digest and 
discuss um, <laughs> both films. Um, yes. So, yeah, let us know which of these movies. Otherwise, we'll just pick, uh, you know, what, what pick we're some random discuss. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's any that are screaming out to you, uh, shout mm-hmm. out to our uh, buddy who requested Shark Skin Man and Peach Hip Girl and Fish Story. We haven't yes. gotten around to watching those yet, but one of these days. They're very just... close, I would say, on our movie watch list. Yes, we, we have not Because I, have... I, I haven't seen Fish Story, but I've seen Shark Skin Man and Peach Hip Girl. Um, <laughs> back in, like, COVID, I think, just right before, right around there. Uh, someone requested it at the video store we met at, so I watched it oh. then. Darren. Darren. Shout out to Darren. Shout out to Darren. Um, <laughs> but yeah... Uh, Outside no of those, uh, we have our watch with us. Yes. But this week, so. um, we have a definite and a tentative, possibly. We, I know both of us will see it within like the month, but I don't know if we'll see it next week. But our official watch with us is Past Lives coming out this week. Um, I know it came out like earlier for some places, but we're finally getting it at least where we live. And so Past Lives is... I've related it just by reading it and seeing the trailer that we saw before Sanctuary um, to a movie by this guy who directed Drive My Car. And I'm forgetting his name, so I'm going to Google it right now. Uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi. He did a movie a couple years ago uh, called Asako 1 and 2, and that's what Past Lives very much reminds me about. Uh, I saw Asako 1 and 2, and I loved it. Uh, Past Lives is a another romance uh just like that romance drama uh about a man and a woman who are together and then after decades later she runs into her childhood friend who she kind of had like childhood you know romance and like we're gonna get married when we're older kind of thing with and they kind of get run into each other after all this time and that's very similar to t to degree um with osaka one and two and so past lives is kind of like a film in that style and it's like getting crazy good reviews um it did really well on the uh festival front and it's distributed by a24 so it's definitely got a lot of backing and a lot of good words so we're definitely excited to see that one and then our second one that we might see but probably uh more or less next time is gonna be asteroid city i don't think Mm. much needs to be said about that uh wes anderson's new movie that's getting good reviews Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I I love going to Wes Anderson films with pretty much no knowledge and just and just yeah. Just, just I've seen the trailer and the trailer's not telling, so I like it. Yeah, that's all I need, and I don't even need that. You know, so, mm. um, on the other note, we know, we are aware that a big uh, a big film that a lot of people are looking forward to seeing uh, is coming out this week: Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Dial. Um, we probably won't be seeing that together, and I'm not sure when I'll be seeing it. But yeah, I might but see it before it, work. But that's like we don't have the urge to see it. Yeah, um, we, but we aren't. We aren't we want super. Do- yeah, exactly. We we're, we <laughs> we we acknowledge that this is a movie that we should see, and mm-hmm. a lot of people are interested in seeing. We just don't have the same pulse at at this time to see it like mm-hmm. immediately. I'm sure yeah. we'll, we will see it. Especially because it's a film point. that will definitely be around in theaters for a while. Yes, and that, that so that is you know that is a good topic. Is like we know that certain movies, like these smaller movies, like Past Lives, that you know deserve a lot more viewership and screenings than they're getting. We want to be able to support those, and, yes, yeah, and make sure we see them before they leave. Like if we didn't see Sanctuary the night we did, we probably would have never seen it or yes, yeah, completely it would forgotten definitely about been, it. It would just been gotten lost long in the void. gone. Yeah. Another you know, movie you... in Christopher Abbott's portfolio. That's good. <laughs> um, but we know there's a lot of films out there lately. So if you have any requests, we know that there's this new animated film from DreamWorks, Ruby Gilman, uh, Human Kraken. Teenage Kraken. Thank you. <laughs> as well as The Blackening, which is getting surprisingly yes. good reviews. I was not so sure of that one. I thought it. I mean, I sort of took it into the like of something like a scary movie type vibe, but it seems to be a little bit on a little bit different level than that, and mm-hmm. it's getting good reviews, so that's exciting. Um, and then, of course, there's some other f- films like Pixar's Elemental, 
So yeah, yeah, just let us know what uh, you want us to watch because we like to watch movies together. Yes, and we will be getting into some of those that have been requested. Otherwise, yes. Um, not too much in streaming news, I thought, um, except for that they're always taking stuff off. So be wary of that, and yeah, get your, your show. get your pi- uh, pirate ship ready to go <laughs> sail the the web degrees seas uh, for whatever show you want before when it's when it's gone forever from whatever service you want. Yeah, just keep in mind your favorite show might no longer be available tomorrow. So just uh, yes, you know, just. Um... Just uh, watch where you're uh, putting your monthly monies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note, uh, there was a funny thing where... Uh, uh, is it Zaslov who runs HBO? I think Discovery? so. Um, the, like, three titans sat him down at an emergency meeting about how he is... How he is... Uh, for TCM. That's what it was. They were going to shut down, like, TCM because they did major layoffs. And so Spielberg... Um, oh, God. Scorsese and I think it was like Guillermo del Toro or someone else, someone around there. Yeah. Uh, they all like had a uh, meeting where they like ambushed him and like talked talk to him about that. So that'll be interesting if that results in anything. Probably not. But uh, the biggest proponents of like film preservation and like making their own film preservation companies, especially like Scorsese, who is like has been like remastering forgotten foreign films or like very sought after foreign films. Um, and has a company that does that like very much good that those people are seeing uh going out there and actually doing what they want uh you know trying to get these meathead executives to actually respect the art form of film but you never with all these conglomerates you know words can only do so much but we'll see We'll see. <laughs> yeah, just know the streaming wars are over and they are officially all retreating and surrendering and trying to uh, just uh, not run out of money. And they're all going to join forces and it's all going to be cable packages mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> just it with- is. Uh, now that they realize that, oh, okay, this is, we're going to start seeing streaming services die off in the next three years, we're going to start seeing uh, major changes to it as well as just like they're in the point where like okay now we need to start making money but they it's kind of a losing formula to begin with with no ads so it'll be interesting a lot of free with ads a lot of paid with ads probably eventually it just Um, sort of feels like every streaming service is essentially just going to copy what every other service is doing (laughs) to some extent they're they're all all blue now too Except for Netflix. <laughs> kind of annoying. Netflix and Hulu are red and green, and then HBO was purple. That looked cool. Now it's blue, which I think is dumb. I don't care <laughs> about uh, 90 Day Fiance being next to my Criterion TCM movies. I'm trying to watch uh, Without uh, without a Face, and I have to see 90 Day Fiance and um, all this HBO... <laughs> Not HBO crap, all this Discovery stuff, and it's annoying. They got rid of the category bar. I'm angry, Zaslov. Where the hell my rage? I'm gonna join uh, Spielberg, Scorsese, and PTA. That's who it was. Paul Thomas Anderson. We're, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna drive him there and drop him off so we can go yell at him again. Nice. But yeah, you let me, um, you let me know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was one thing, one more thing I wanted to say, and I can't remember. Well, you hold that thought. Because on the topic of film preservation, we had a number of Blu-ray releases this week. Blu-ray uh, releases. All, <laughs> all 4K, actually. Ooh, uh, we had a big one. Um, a little bias here, but Evil Dead Rise came out in 4K this week. Which well, I actually have. I'm just too lazy to grab from my shelf. Happy to get the once H- Hulu dump, I think it was supposed to be. Mm, no, it was supposed to initially be a, it was oh, an HBO back to streaming problems. It was supposed to actually be an HBO Max exclusive mm-hmm. streaming. That's what it was. And then Warner Brothers did a surprise trailer. And uh, they... Interest. they them, unlike Disney, Hulu, Fox, who decided that dumping uh, Predator on uh, or Prey on streaming was a good idea, and then saw Evil Dead make like $160 million. 
on like a 15 million dollar budget they're like oh wow we made a bunch of money good and then they're probably really pissed because like oh wow we could have made the same amount of money if not more with prey <laughs> especially because right. that that i feel like has gave, a uh gets a bigger audience especially with yeah. it kind of presenting itself as an adventure film adventure action. yeah but um yeah so that was Excuse one me. title um and then yeah the h evil dead um what was i gonna say with that oh also um kind of going back a little bit but not really uh yeah with the fnaf trailer coming out this week that was supposed to only be streaming and now is getting a same week release as its theater but it's peacock so <laughs> but uh it's coming out it's going in theaters and then peacock like that same week speaking but... of peacock there is some news they um if you were an xfinity customer you got Xfinity, you you got uh, Peacock Premium for free. That mm-hmm. is now ending as of a certain week. Yeah, shortly. I saw that. I got that email. So, bad news for Peacock or Xfinity fans who are getting Peacock Premium mm-hmm. for free. But I will say, shout out to Peacock. You know, of all these streaming services, they're one of the few that's actually doing well. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've been they they've been kind of getting up there, but they're also aren't they NBC Universal? So it yes. feels like Peacock will just fold into HBO. Or, sorry, <laughs> Max at one point, right? Who knows? But yes, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, there's definitely there's going to be a lot of weird packages, yeah, a lot of stuff bundles. going on, a lot of interesting stuff, unforeseeable, possibly um, disappointing, very highly likely. Um, well on that note of uh physical releases getting back to evil dead post evil dead what's next yeah we have a lot of um older films getting the 4k treatment Mm. which is really cool to see we have creep show on 4k we have uh national lampoon's vacation the og vacation we have Mallrats getting the 4k 4K? i have the blu-ray no well, I think it's from the same source, Arrow. Arrow? Yeah. yeah. So it might not be the biggest upgrade, but it's there. It, it is crazy, too, because the Arrow one came out like in 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of like, why did they even release that if you could have just done a 4K and Blu-ray at the same time? That's been sort of the complaint. <laughs> yeah, with a lot of these, is that kind of what's happening? Uh, and then lastly on my list, I had Waterworld, which yeah. I've never seen. I think we had some criterion for this month, but uh, we already missed them. So, yeah, this is all just this week. Um, yeah, there was there's uh, there was so some much interesting ones that they did, um, but I don't remember what um, they uh, they had. So, um, oh well. We yeah, and we can certainly we can do a nice highlight. Actually, next oh, month we, we should we can highlight. Criterion, especially because of their flash sale. So yes, uh, they did uh, a Time Bandits 4K. That was their recent one. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, and then yeah, the stuff that we already talked about before. But yeah, Time Bandits. Oh, Branded to Kill 4K. I will say I'm pretty excited to be a GameFly subscriber again because of those. Uh, they actually do get a pretty yeah. good amount of 4K, especially a pretty. You know, they don't get every mm-hmm. small boutique label, but they do get quite a few of them. Yeah. Shout out Gamefly for being now the last bastion of physical disc renting, because uh, 4K streaming isn't good. Have you tried <laughs> streaming anything on Max? Doesn't work most of the time. Have fun with audio compression on most services. So uh, <laughs> shout out Gamefly if you want to sponsor us and give us maybe one free rental each. <laughs> that is the bare minimum we'll want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely check them out because uh, DVD.com is dying. So yeah, uh, I'm surprised that GameStop is still alive. But yeah, they've been pretty good. He's been a sub for what, like two months now? Yeah, about. I got I, my free trial just ended. And now I'm getting two movies at a time for 19.95. So I mean, mm. if I watch four in a month, that's five bucks. That's a rental. That's a that's yeah. a streaming. That's a new release streaming rental. It's mm-hmm. worth it, and the quality yeah. is better. I mean, most of them are like seven ninety nine, honestly six ninety nine. You gotta wait a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. On the rental services, at least Voodoo. Sometimes you'll get like better deals, but I mean, from what I see, like on them, like what just came out this week, some other stuff. I was like looking there, like seven ninety nine. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think um, that about does it as far as what I had on my list this week. Uh, anything else that you had? Any last second? 
Um, Last I minute. think that might be it. Uh, there's nothing I want to be old man yelling at clouds about uh, <laughs> now. So I think I'm I think I'm good. But yeah, definitely uh, check out what we are, what we watched, uh, if you haven't, and watch with us this week if you can. I know some people probably might not have it, especially if you're listening internationally, but uh, definitely check out that stuff if you can and watch with us if you can. Yeah, and of course, um, we like I said, we love getting suggestions and, and special requests, so please let us know. We are going to, we, we won't forget those of you who have shared these uh these films like Shark Skin Man and Peach Hip Girl. We we have a list and we uh, we will do our diligence <laughs> due diligence to make <laughs> sure we eventually check some of these out. So Yes. Um but yeah, thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you next time on the next episode of Mile a Minute. Movie talk. Woo!